Some of you are aware, those who are new, you will be aware now, we're in the middle of a, a sermon series called Her Story, looking at the witness of women in the Bible and what they teach us about God and the life of faith. Uh, and so far we have, um, uh, her, you've heard from me and you've heard from a, a guest preacher. It was important for me during this series to actually hear uh, preaching through the voice of women. If we're going to be talking about women in Scripture, it feels disingenuous for me to be the only one talking about it. So, uh, And in the United Methodist Church, we believe God calls uh, women um, into leadership in the church and to preach. And so we want to give an opportunity for, uh, for them to, uh, to do so. And so this, this morning, we are uh, grateful to have Jesse Sinan, who will be uh, preaching uh, for us. And so I'm going to invite her to come up, and, and I'm, I'll read the scripture and, uh, and say a prayer just to let you get to know who Jesse is. Jesse is a wife, uh, married to our youth director, Tim. So if you're a youth here today, Tim, where are you at? Raise your hand. There's Tim. See him. He'll, uh, he'll rope you into youth group. Uh, she's a mom of three. She runs an online ministry to help women overcome um, prayer obstacles called Pray With Confidence. She's also a social media manager that helps churches and ministries reach people and disciple them in this increasingly digital, digital world. So we're so glad that, that she's here. Uh, I'm going to pray and then read scripture, and she will uh, bring uh, a message to us uh, this morning. Come on up. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us and transform us. Uh, speak through Jesse uh, that we might hear your words of life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning as we get ready to hear about Mary comes from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, chapter 1. Listen for God's word. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's throne. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. And Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't been with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is Born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in your old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. everyone. So I want to see a show of hands. Who here loves Christmas songs? 
my people, there you are. <laughs> we know that some of us would listen to Christmas songs year round if we could. In my house, we have a rule that we have to wait until after Thanksgiving for that, but we all have that one friend that would listen to Christmas songs year round every day if they could. I was listening to the radio last year when I heard that someone actually paid the money to do a study to see the most hated Christmas song of all times. And it seems that people have really strong opinions about the song, Mary, Did You Know? So who here actually loves the song, Mary, Did You Know? <laughs> who here cannot stand the song, Mary, Did You Know? <laughs> There's Tim all by himself. <laughs> the lyrics, I'm not going to read all the lyrics, but the lyrics of the song go, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child you have delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? And sometimes when I hear that song, I have to admit it's a real pet peeve. I kind of just want to say, yes, Mary did not know. There's no way that Mary couldn't, there's no way she could have known because if she did, it wouldn't make the story so great. Mary didn't know the plan, but she trusted God and she kept her faith even when it didn't make sense. God's plan is something that we can easily become obsessed with. We can wonder, what is the purpose of my life? Why was I born? What are God's plans for me? And maybe this is you. Maybe you're wondering, what's next? What is God's plan for your life? And I feel that through the story of Mary, she helps us figure out three major things about when we struggle with the question of God's plan for our life. I think the first thing is that it's okay to ask questions. And I personally wish this was something that I was told more growing up in the church. We're often told to let go and let God, or you just have to have faith. And a lot of these cliche Christian phrases, even though they have the best intention, they stop us from digging deeper in our faith. And they give us a false perception that if we question God, we don't have enough faith. And that's not true at all. Have you ever had a teacher say to you that there's no such thing as a stupid question? I had a teacher once that said, even though that is true, there is a worst question, and it's the one that isn't asked. No matter what is going on in your life right now, it's okay to ask those questions to God. Even Mary did. It's okay to even be mad when you're asking those questions. God can handle it. It's okay to ask things like, why did this happen to me? Why did you allow this to happen? Why did he have to go? Why won't my loved one get help? Why won't you remove this pain? Whatever question you may be asking today, it's okay. God can handle it. And you asking God means that you're showing up which God loves. But it's what you do with the questions that make all the difference. 
are you wallowing in those questions or are you looking to receive answers? A lot of times we ask God questions, but we don't listen for the answer. We don't hang around in those quiet moments when God actually wants to speak back to us. The second thing I fully realize is that with God's plan, our plan and God's plan most likely won't fully align. They won't be exactly the same, and that's okay. Mary was about to be married. Her whole life was about to change. And then, plot twist, she was told that she was going to have a baby. And for us, this is a picture-perfect Christmas pageant. But for Mary, this meant fear. This meant shame, worries of divorce, and so many ramifications. And yet, she trusted God so much that she prayed that what God's word said would become true because she knew that God's plans were so much greater than hers. A lot of times we wonder why things don't go according to our plan. But the answer is, we actually didn't know the whole plan in the first place. I don't think there's one person in 2020 that didn't ask the question, why? We all had great plans for 2020. Does anyone else remember the last moments of 2019 saying 2020, a new decade, this is going to be the best year ever? And honestly, for my family, the beginning of 2020 was the best year ever. But throughout the rest of the year and even into 2021, it's so chaotic that sometimes we forgot there was even a pandemic going on. In the beginning of 2020, my husband got a dream job. We got to move three hours away to an amazing town that is more than welcoming. And just by coincidence, exactly where my parents lived. And then I found out I was pregnant after being told that I would most likely never be pregnant in the first place. Everything was falling into place until one day it wasn't. Has anyone else had this when life is going great and then suddenly it's not? Everything starts to unravel at once and you're trying to put the pieces back together and then even more happens. My family went from a happy life to a son born at 29 weeks and spending 92 days in the NICU, a loss of a really close friend, hospitalizations for both parents, and the loss of my father. We haven't even mourned yet because it's been one family emergency after another. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that we're all going through things as we end 2020 and are now in 2021. And it's hard, it's hard to not ask why. There is times where I was driving to the NICU daily and I couldn't help but wonder, how on earth is this your plan, God? I couldn't figure out God's plan in the mess of all of this. But here's the thing. God isn't a God to be in awe of if he thinks and plans the same way that humans do. That's what makes him God. He has the bird's eye view. He has the puzzle pieces and how everything is supposed to work out. And it's all supposed to work out for his will and his glory. And life wouldn't be spectacular if it was all our plan. I could be wrong, but I don't think that God created all those bad things to happen at once. But where there's pain, there needs to be purpose. 
So instead of us all trying to figure out what God's plan is, something we'll never fully comprehend because we're not God, we need to learn how to be available for God's plan, just like Mary was. And God will honor that, just usually not at the time we think he will or the ways that we think he will. But what he does is always better than what we possibly could have done. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And even with God's word, we still don't fully know God's plan. But God didn't say the sun shone down brilliantly onto this path. He used a lamp. And a lamp can't light up a whole house, but it can certainly light up the room that you're in at the time. And then the third thing I think Mary really taught us through this is that half of the battle in life is just saying yes. The passage from Luke is back and forth between the angel and Mary. And the whole passage is Mary saying, how will this happen? And then saying that may it happen according to your word. For the coming of Jesus, this is actually a really simple story, and I think it's supposed to be that way. There are times where God wants to do the impossible in our lives. He wants us to move mountains, and not just for us, but that we can share these incredible stories of what God has done to us to other people. But more often than not, we limit him. We get this gut feeling that we should be doing something or stepping out in faith, but we stop ourselves short because we're scared. We're worried about the what ifs or what will people say. But you know when that gut feeling won't go away? There's actually no such thing as a gut feeling. As my dad would say, your guts don't have feelings. That's usually God nudging you in the direction that he's hoping for. And half of the battle is just saying yes and giving in like that peace of mind that Mary did when she just gave that ultimate peace and understanding and said yes. Half of it is understanding that God's plan likely won't make sense to the rest of the world. Sometimes you'll decide to step out in faith and it won't be what people imagine. But it's not supposed to make sense. Burning bushes don't make sense. Being thrown up by big fish just to go share God's story doesn't make sense. But if the Bible was just full of people doing what they wanted instead of doing what God wanted, the Bible would have no stories of miracles whatsoever. And if we don't step out in faith and trust God's plan, most likely our lives won't have stories of miracles either. I listed all these things that happened to my family in 2020 and 2021, and I don't know if they're part of God's plan, and I'll never know. But I know that by coming to God and being available, we can change lives. I never thought in a million years I would have a baby born 11 weeks early, but I got to join a NICU group and pray, pray for babies all over the world, and I wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise. I miss my dad like crazy, but it's a miracle that God moved us to Wake Forest so I could spend the last year of his life with him, even though I didn't know it at the time. Sometimes when pain happens, it gives us the ultimate experience to show up with God and find him in ways that we would have never been able to find him and otherwise if we give him that opportunity. Sometimes it's just waking up and saying, okay, God, 
I'm ready for whatever you have planned for me today. You may be here with some heavy things going on in your life, and you may be wondering where God is in it all and what his plans for you truly are. I have to be honest, I I think sometimes we overthink God's plan for us. And a lot of that can be because we live in this individualistic culture when God's plan really involves intertwining all of us together for his glory. This means that sometimes God's plan isn't overwhelming or overarching concept. Instead, God's plan is just to be in the everyday. It's about trusting God and having faithfulness in God so that we as ordinary people can tell extraordinary stories about him. Mary was an ordinary girl, yet she was extraordinary simply for the fact that she was ordinary. We don't do amazing things in spite of the fact that we are ordinary people. We do amazing things because we are ordinary people and we allow God to show up in our lives. God's miraculous plans show up in those times that we're willing to say yes, even if it's uncomfortable and doesn't make sense. We don't have to be special to do amazing things. We just have to be willing to show up. And this happens time and time again in the Bible. With Moses, from the gist of it, he was scared to talk to Pharaoh because he wasn't good at speaking. As someone who grew up with an incredible speech impediment and still struggles with it daily, I can definitely understand that. But he said yes, and God used him to save his people. And then Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. I can't even imagine what those people walking around the walls would say. I know I'd be the one in the back complaining. But we know that God answered prayers in mighty ways with that one. And then we have Mary. Mary, who was told by the angel that she had found favor with God. We don't know why, but we know that it was her trust and her faithfulness. We know that it was her ability to say yes, even though she knew what the ramifications might be. Mary didn't prove herself first. She made herself available to God first. So no matter where you are in life right now, you don't have to do incredible things to find God's favor. You start by showing up. You show up and you say you're ready for his will and his plan, and then everything will work out for his plan and his glory. Thank you.